0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Agency Hacker. I'm Destine, your co-host of the show. Today, we are here with Mark Neese, the CEO and Creative Director of Sync Lab Media. How are you, Mark?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: Of course, of course. Let's get started. What does your agency do and how did you start it?
1: Well... um... The short 10-second version is that we create video marketing strategies and content so that brands can increase awareness, engagement and revenue. Um, so that that's the that's the quick 10-second version. Uh, really what we do is we we help business owners, uh, businesses of all sizes um, really figure out how to use video as part of their marketing mix to get business results from it. So
0: mm. That's nice. amazing. When did you start or what year did you start? And what brought that? Well, uh,
1: I've been uh, so I've been on the in the media production industry for 30 years, 30 plus years. Um, pretty much every type of uh, media production that you can think of, especially uh, uh, including video. And about uh, see, I was working for a corporation up until about see 12 years ago. Mm. Um, and I just kind of got burnt out and Mm. I was being held responsible for certain areas of that business that, uh, I was also, uh, experiencing resistance doing things which would have made those parts of the business better, but I was being held accountable for the results. Mm. And so I basically just said, you know what, I can do it better on my own. And so I struck out on my own and started my own, uh, video marketing company at that time. And then. Over the course of the years, about eight or nine years ago, I uh, ran back into someone that I had known previously, and they have a bit—they have a uh, operations Fortune 100, 500 operations background, mm-hmm. and uh, so we decided to partner, and um, that's when we really started to really be, I guess, what you would call an agency because we really started focusing on providing a very well-rounded turnkey service, which included consulting and then also included some support services on the back end of just creating the video content.
0: I see. Wow. Thank you for expanding. That sounds like a lot of years of experience. What would you say you've learned from just working at a corporation the 12 years ago that you mentioned?
1: Uh, well, it taught me a lot because uh, I was handed a lot of responsibility. It was a global media company, so we had um, we had studios in on three different continents and um, satellite playout servers to our own satellite TV boxes that were in people's homes on all three of those continents. And um, so it was it was definitely a great experience for me, uh, business wise, having that much responsibility to be managing you know, all of those facilities and all of those people on three different continents. It was, it was a, quite a challenge, uh, but I learned a lot from it as well. Um, but I basically just got burned out with the travel I had. My son was pretty young at the time, and I was on the road even when I was in the States. I was on the road typically three months out of the year doing uh, live streaming from conferences and events and things like that all over the country. Um, and, uh, it just got to be a little too much for the time of life that I was in. And so that was one of the, one of the major reasons that, uh, I decided just to, to branch out on my own because then I knew I could control my time, uh, a lot better. So.
0: Yeah. Understandable wanting to just be able to work your own time management, but that sounds like a lot of fun, the travel and lots of experience again. It, it always know. sounds like
1: fun until you're living out of a suitcase for three <laughs> and a half weeks at a time. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know. Okay. And, and dealing with
1: the jet lag, but yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, understandable. What skills would you say that kind of just poured into what you're doing today? Like, what would you say that you learned that was like, okay, wow, this really helped me in being an agency? Uh, in oh,
1: boy. Well, um I would say probably the biggest thing was just time management and being able to organize all of the different require uh, things that were required to be able to do that. Um, and I really had to develop and train a team of people under me, uh, especially in the uh, the two different international locations that we had. Um, I really had to rely on the management of those facilities that was actually on the ground there. So I really had to invest a lot of time in making sure that we chose the right people for that Mm. and then training them and holding them accountable in a way where we knew that our, our production quality and messaging was going to be consistent, um, you know, uh, across all of those Different places where you know where the programming was going out to. So mm. that was that was probably the biggest challenge, and and also the the thing that really I think I learned that I n- didn't necessarily have that level of skill in those areas.
0: Mm. Wow, yeah. Thank you for expanding. Just to circle back, did you have any previous passions for just video and maybe social media or anything like that beforehand, or was this just kind of just branching out into Wanting to take your time back?
1: Uh, well, I mean, you know, being in the business for 30 plus years, I mean, coming out of college, I, I, uh, I changed my major to a communications major in college um, after kind of being exposed to, you know, a little bit of like filmmaking experience from from uh, other people that I knew that were already in kind of that track and program. Uh, in school, and I helped uh, one of my friends. I helped them out with one of their class film projects, and that kind of just—I caught the bug then, and it's—it's it's just had had me ever since, you know. So, it's—it's <laughs> it's really the only thing I've done since then. Uh, you know, is just you know creating content and um, and helping businesses, you know, figure out how to tell their story.
0: Mm, yeah. What would you say is the most enjoyable part of this industry and the field that you're in?
1: Uh, Well, now I think the thing that I like most about it is that, um, you know, we work with a very wide variety of businesses, different sizes, different industries, um, different stages of growth uh, of their company. And We really have to immerse ourselves in uh, basically becoming a part of their company, for lack of a better way to explain it, where um, during the discovery and consulting uh, time that we spend with them, um, it's enjoyable for me because I'm always learning about something new, you know, what makes that particular business unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, what their unique value propositions are within their market or within their industry. Um, and without doing that, we really can't be as a, as effective as we need to as their uh, video marketing agency, if we don't completely understand that part of their business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I could be working on five or six different projects today, um, but they're all unique um and they're all enjoyable because you know we get to constantly learn you know about all these new things that are going on and um you know particularly with a few of the startups that we work with they're just you know really amazing people with amazing ideas um and so it's fun to be in a position to be able to help them be successful
0: yeah, absolutely. I can imagine that it just feels very meaningful. I would assume. I mean, it it also sounds very personalized, and you know, being able to just see the uniqueness in everyone. I think that's that's that would be enjoyable, like you said. What I mean, would you say that it's something that maybe is your core value, just embracing the uniqueness of people and what and what the messages that they have to bring out into the world?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we're you know we're a small Technically, I mean, we're, you know, we're a small business ourselves uh, still. Um, I mean, everybody has their own definition of what a small business is and what a medium sized business is. I guess yeah. it's all relative, right? But, yeah. you know, like the technical term of, you know, a small business, uh, you know, that's uh, SMBs are typically the, you know, the the type of people that we're working with. Um, and so and that's really kind of the backbone of our economy you know, or or businesses that are that size or smaller, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, SMBs generate by far uh, the most amount of jobs, the most amount of revenue, um, all of those things on a consistent basis in the U.S. And so, you know, really doing everything we can to the best of our ability, you know, being fair is one thing, you know, with clients. Um, We've heard so many horror stories of you know, people being taken advantage of by, you know, by people that, you know, unfortunately there's those, those types of people in every industry. Yeah. Um, But even in those situations where we're coming in after an unfortunate uh, thing happening like that, um, you know, we, we try to be as, you know, we we're as fair as we can be with pricing, with the things that we're doing. We try to bring as much value as we can to each one of those relationships, we typically go out of our way to do um, above and beyond things above and beyond that's necessarily listed in print in someone's agreement. Um, Just because we really, you know, we really have a a passion for doing everything we can to help those people succeed because when they succeed, Mm -hmm. then they're going to continue with us and it just makes our business better. So I guess the core, core value would be, you know, just trying to find whatever the, the win, win, you know solution is, you know, for everybody that we work with and sometimes that means turning people away too. Mm. So um and uh you know we've we've done that in the past, you know, just because it's it's really not the right fit for us or in and we really rely on our clients um participating in the process as well um and buying into it completely. Um and so, you know, we choose to work with people that are open-minded on that side of it and can think outside the box a little bit and willing to take a little bit of risk, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, when it's necessary.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I love that you said that you are okay with turning people down sometimes. I think that speaks to integrity and also working with people who are open-minded, I think is very important. You mentioned SNB. I think you said, can you expand a little bit more on what that means and how that works for you?
1: Well, I mean, just small to mid-sized businesses, you know, oh, so, okay. yeah. So, um, you know, I think the official, I don't really know what the, what the level is now, but I mean, you know, for people that are in the financial industry and those kinds of things, I mean, typically a small to medium sized businesses, you know, anything up to like 20 to $25 million a year in revenue. Mm-hmm. You know? um, obviously there's going to be people that we work with that are, you know, startups or, you know, in their first stage of growth. And that we also have people that we work with that are more, you know, established, you know, businesses as well. So it's mm-hmm. kind of in that entire, you know, range is really kind of the sweet spot of people that we work with.
0: Yeah, I see. Thank you for expanding. Who are your clients or how do you get them? Is it, client, is it inbound, outbound, referrals, ads, social media? What's the process um, like?
1: You know, most uh, most of our clients come to us uh, by direct referral, um, either from existing clients or from other uh, strategic partners that, that we work with. Uh, I'm a big believer in networking, uh, if, if done the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, I participate in several different types of groups here uh, in the DFW area. I run one group that's a a weekly group every week where we meet uh, breakfast. Actually, I just had that meeting this morning. Um, But I'm saying that with a grain of salt because I've been really committed to business networking for about the past 15 years or so. I didn't Mm -hmm. really do it before then, but I've been really committed to it since then. Um, but I've learned about the first five years I was going to every single group that I could make it to and meeting as many people as I could. And then I realized that you have to be just as strategic with that as you do with your, like when you're (laughs) with your own business, right. Yeah. And planning and things like that. So I've gotten a lot better at it and it's gotten us a lot better results, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean i would say of the clients that we've worked with this year probably 75 or 80 percent of those are direct referrals either from existing clients or from people that are within my you know sphere of of influence as far as you know people that i know um and have uh have networked with and have built relationships with so that's really where we focus um we do do some of our own marketing we do You know, obviously, you know, social media, things like that, you know, other types of marketing tactics. uh, uh, We host events at least once a quarter, Mm -hmm. um, you know, which uh, can vary in structure based on who we're trying to target, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so it's it's a little bit of a mix of all those things. But we're fortunate enough to have enough people directly referring clients to us. Um, and that tends to shorten the sales process considerably, um, as yeah. well as immediately start off that relationship with a level of trust because yeah. it's someone else who they know who's told them, no, you really need to go talk to these guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing to hear. And 80% coming from referrals, I think just speaks to the power in building relationships, you know, has the type of client that you've gotten, now compared to before change since year one or has it always just been referrals network based and relationships
1: um it's it's pretty much been that from that way from the beginning um we are uh we've concentrated on and we've had some success over the past couple of years of overall raising the average kind of level of spend per client um, because we're gradually, you know, attracting uh, better and better uh, clients. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't say better and better clients, but better and better opportunities with clients that have capacity for larger budgets and, you know, and, and yeah. more activity, right, where um, where we've been able to do that. And that's always... You know that's a always a business struggle for everyone. It's like not only how to get more clients, but how to get more clients that spend more money or repeat their spend more often. And um, so we've really made an effort over the past two or three years to um, to get clients that understand that it's a it is a process, and that process does take time to get the best results. And mm. so really, they need to be committed to a minimum of a six month, sometimes a minimum of a 12 month plan on how we are going to roll out things and how we are going to do it, because it does take time for those things to gain traction um, in the marketplace. Um, And so, you know, one of the big mistakes that a lot of people make is, you know, they're like, oh, I really need to start using video. Um, They figure out a way to get some video content made that may or may not be the best quality. And then yeah. they put it out and they hit it really hard for like a month and then they don't get immediate results. And then their conclusion is, well, a video doesn't work for me mm. and they go on to something else when really it probably would have worked. They just either didn't have the right strategy or they didn't commit to it for a long enough period of time and they weren't consistent enough you know, mm. over yeah. that period of time. And so that's really the thing that we try to get clients to understand is that before we really, Um, Before we really start a project with them, we're consulting with them and educating them and making sure that we're setting the right type of expectations Mm. um, so that they understand the level of commitment that is required to really get the best results in the long run. Mm.
0: Yeah. This conversation is very important. I hear that a lot. Just being able to stay committed is so important just to see the results that you want to see. And I definitely think it's important to work with people who are, you know, aligned with your values and also understand the power and just long-term, right? Rather than just short-term gratifications that people are looking for. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. What would you say your agency's expertise is at this time?
1: Well definitely I mean we focus on video, you know, the video marketing piece of it. So I mean that's really our core our core competency, uh really the and it's it even when we're consulting or offering the support services on the back end, um everything is everything is video centric. Mm-hmm. Um we we really believe and actually it's, you know, it should be known to everyone now if they're paying attention that you know, video is the very most important piece of someone's content strategy that they should really focus the most resources and the most attention to, um, you know, um, one of the things about it's we, we encourage we actually encourage our clients to make their own content. Um, mm-hmm. We have that as part of a strategy that we lay out for them to begin with. Um, but mm. another trap that people fall into with trying to do make all of their content on their own is that they're they don't experience the full benefit from that effort because unless you have a mixture of high quality really high quality content and then kind of the medium tier and then you know the everyday kind of, yeah. You know, just pick up your phone and do a quick IG or something, right? Yeah. It really has to be a mix of all those three for them to really work the right way. And you, And so you, it requires having a strategy that everyone is on board with ahead of time so that when all of those different tiers of content are being produced and put out there, they're working together instead of against each other.
0: mm mm-hmm. you know? That's huge. When did you realize, at a, when did you get to a point where you knew that video is something that should be incorporated within a lot of people's businesses? Did you see uh, the results yourself? 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Ten- yeah. Wow.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I actually, the, uh, the last corporate gig I had, I had the opportunity to, because we were one of the only private uh, media companies that was doing a lot of uh, location live streaming. Mm -hmm. um, and things like that, uh, you know, for hours and hours of conferences and things, you know, we were streaming directly to our set top boxes, you know, around the world, you know, so people could watch those conferences live. And at that time, you know, that was, there really weren't a lot of other private media companies that were doing that at the time. Um, and, um, so I had the opportunity actually to interact with, uh, um, several of the engineers and other people at YouTube when they were testing the platform. Oh, wow. Um, And so we, um, it was a very unique opportunity for me to be sitting next to those people sometimes for five or six hours at a time, you know, once or twice a month um, as they were testing their capability of their platform and, um, you know, being able to have those conversations and, it didn't take very long for the light bulb to go off in my head that, man, as soon as as soon as this platform launches, it's going to be a game changer, particularly for small businesses wow. you know, to be able to get their messages out, you know, through through video content. And um, it wasn't it wasn't long after that, that I made my decision to kind of go on my own, you know, yeah. <laughs> And that's really what I've been focused on since then. I mean, you know, at the very beginning, when I I started my own company, at the very beginning, I was almost exclusively focused on helping other small business owners that I knew within my network uh, create a YouTube channel, figure out how Mm -hmm. to get content up on there, make sure it was optimized. And I mean, that was from from day one, that was really my focus. Um, And that's Mm -hmm. continued to be the focus. It's just expanded you know, more now and and grown into, you know, into other areas. But, um, but honestly, the same thing still holds true. I mean, YouTube is the cornerstone, you know, of all of that, particularly now with the situation being owned by Google and basically equal in search and, you know, all of those other things, it's absolutely critical.
0: Wow. Wow, that's huge. What an exciting time to be a part of. (laughs) That sounds really exciting. You know, I love that you said that you encourage clients to make their own content and mm-hmm. I'm really curious to know what other platforms do your clients utilize? YouTube, Instagram, I'm guessing.
1: Oh yeah. You know, TikTok. any social media. I mean, really that's, uh, it, you know, we, we, we encourage them to focus uh, first on the platforms uh, where their audience is going to be. Mm. Um, that's one of the things that we help them develop during their, you know, consulting piece when we're developing their strategies for them. It's all about, identifying their audience, you know, whoever their prime uh, customer avatar is, where are those people, what kind of content are they looking at, how are they yeah. engaging with different types of content, um, yeah. as, as well as any competitors they have in the, mar- in the, you know, in a er- geographic area or an industry. Um, I mean, we, we really do a lot of, you know, market research that way during the consultation process to really help develop all of those different things as much as possible, because then that informs what the strategy is going to be. The strategy informs what type of content, Mm -hmm. uh, where that content is going to go once it's produced. Um, You know, making sure that if they're going to focus on YouTube and LinkedIn and Instagram that are, you know, that we're really, really focused on um, not only the type of content, but the length of content, the, you know the visuals within the content um you know and then you know the messaging that aligns with whatever their business objective is because you know mm. even with the same client we may change uh, strategy slightly several different times because something mm. might change with their business mm. and now their business objective has changed right if, in other words if they're if we start out helping them raise awareness of their brand um then they find then we just des- they decide that they you know really need to focus on a particular product or service mm. uh, to boost the revenue from that then we can shift and make the content focused on that or maybe they're launching a brand new product or service you know all of those require a, a slightly different strategy a different type of content um you know to you know or, or maybe they want to focus on you know, converting more people through their sales funnel. You know, mm. there's particular types of videos that work best at different stages of a customer's journey through your sales funnel to help convert them at a higher rate. Um, so it really depends, you know, on, on first of all, what the business objective is and then figuring out, okay, how do we accomplish that by targeting the right people to hear that message on the right platform at the right time so that when they're ready to make a buying decision, you know, that information is in front of them. Mm.
0: Thank you so much for expanding on that. I'm certain listeners will appreciate this episode. You know, just to kind of transition, what would you say you're currently learning right now to level up your agency?
1: Uh, you know, well, you know, the industry itself is that you you just have to pay attention basically 24 seven to what's, you know, to what's going on. Things change. So change so quickly. Right, you know? yeah. And um, even though we're not necessarily focused on what people would uh normally call the digital marketing aspect of it i mean everything's digital right but everybody has their own everybody has their own idea or definition of what digital marketing is um one (laughs) of the reasons we stopped using it in the in our (laughs) tagline um because everybody you just get this you know preconception and then that's just what you are in somebody's mind right so um even though that we, even though we don't necessarily, uh, we have partners, the strategic partners that we can bring in on projects that have specialties in the, you know, the digital ads and the, you know, all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't really do those things in house. We have people that are specialists in those areas uh, that help us um, and and work under us when you know when we need that for a client. But we have to be informed of all of those things and all of those trends. And we need to stay up on them because it's critical to how the content that we produce is actually going to perform by the client, you know, for the client. Mm. Um, And so it's a it's a constant, you know, challenge just to stay abreast of, you know, trends, you know, in the industry that are going on so that we can be aware of those as we're creating strategies and creating content yeah uh, for our clients yeah um and outside of that i mean i i'm a uh i tend to really be drawn to um different types of you know books and content you know for myself and things like that that are more focused on um you know more high level concepts just as far as like branding and communicating and yeah. you know Messaging, you know, I really think that that's where a lo- where a lot of people uh, are missing the boat um, is really more of a uh, a communicative style of content that is that resonates more with a specific type of audience. Mm. You know? um, video is such a powerful tool because it's face to face, even though you're not. In a room with someone, yeah. right?
0: <laughs> yeah, and
1: um, some people forget that sometimes they're just trying to like just put in, you know put information out and throw information in front of whoever's watching and trying to convince them to buy something, right? Yeah, rather than communicating the true value of what that thing is, whether it's a widget or an idea or a cause you know, or any of these other things, you know, people that are, people that are viewing that content want to know how it's going to benefit them or how it's going to benefit someone else in general, instead of being told this is the latest, greatest thing. And, you you know, you need to come get it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, you know, any, anything, Anything that I can be exposing myself to to help me become a better communicator, you know, and and better at realizing how to um, how to communicate the unique values, you know, of a brand or their product or services, you know, typically the things I spend time on.
0: Mm, I think that's that's huge, you know. I like that you said, I mean, I think it just, I like that you said, like communicate true value and just really get face to face, but I think it brings more, just more genuine, like just being more genuine as it sounds like, and really having a conversation as if they're right there next to you. And I would love for you to just expand more on just the messaging you said, just messaging and being more, having more of a communicative style of content. Can you expand or maybe give an example on, on the differences that you've seen?
1: Sure. So um, one of the things one of the services that that we offer during the consultation process um, is something that we call a video marketing roadmap. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And that's really when we're developing the plan, the content planning, you know, the strategy behind that and the content planning uh, for clients yeah um, and that's really based on um we had someone when we uh so we rebranded our own uh company uh, almost ten years ago now. um it was when I joined with my with my partner Scott, and we decided that we needed to kind of rebrand ourselves. and uh there was somebody that we were working with uh at the time who's who's still a great resource for us. Um, that was at a local advertising agency and they were handling several luxury accounts. And basically, these are very were very, very well established companies, very well-known brands within the international marketplace, but particularly the US. And, uh, you know, iconic brands and you would think they have all of their, they have everything done, right? You know, they're like ready to, go, <laughs> ready to go. But one of the things that he exercises that he was doing with them was a brand mapping exercise where you really take just a, a real uh, objective, deep look at, you know, what are the key fundamentals, the key pillars uh, of, of your brand? Like, what do you want? Pe- what do you want to be known for in the marketplace? you know, when people think of your company name, what do you want them thinking of? Like, what are your real, you know, it really got down to like the core function. Mm. And we went through that process with him ourselves um, as, you know, kind of a first guinea pig before we started doing this for clients. And so our, our three pillars, our brand pillars are strategy, production and support. Mm. Those are our three brand pillars and so once we figured that out and decided that now any decision we make about any products or services that we're going to offer that in-house that we're that we're going to provide in-house they have to fit within one of those brand pillars if they if they don't we have to justify that this thing should fit here here's all the other products and services that are under that pillar right and if it doesn't fit there then we have to take a second look at that and say, okay, should we really be doing this ourselves? Mm. Or this be something that we find a strategic partner for to do for us when we need it, right? And that really, you know, helping clients with that. Everything else comes from that, right? Mm-hmm. Because why are you going to spend time developing any type of marketing materials or messaging around a product or service that's really not one of that's that really shouldn't belong in one of your brand pillars, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's you know, that's really where the the process starts, right? And then, you know, all of the messaging, right, that comes out comes out of that because everything supports one of those, whatever those pillars are, whether it's one or two or five um, and whatever they are for a particular business, right? Then right. once that's once that's figured out, then we can really start, you know, figuring out what type of message we're going to create that's really going to communicate that value to the public, a potential client, a potential partner, you know, what whatever that focus is.
0: Mm, that's good. Thank you so much for expanding on that. You know, just to kind of transition. what would you say, or how has your journey been like just building your team or when did you get to a point where you, you needed a team?
1: Well, everybody needs a team mm-hmm. <laughs> regardless of what size they are, right? Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, you know, it's really for for us it was it was just driven by natural growth. Um, you know, where we got to a certain point where we really needed to be able to have somebody that we could hand off certain things to that we knew that they were going to be able to, you know, accomplish those tasks in the way that they needed to, um, and, and fit in with our, with our culture. Um, you know, we can, we can be a little bit off the wall sometimes. So, you know, we need people that are, uh, we need people that are going to, you know, be able to do that. Uh, you know, this industry itself, it requires a lot of flexibility okay. um, and, um, you know, being able to, to creatively problem solve uh, and, you know, and really think on your feet and figure things out. But it also requires a lot of organization, um, thought and time and, you know, resource organization. Particularly when we're planning, you know, like shoots that are complicated that have a lot of moving parts and you know and things like that. Um, So it's a it's a strange thing because it's a little bit of like right brain left brain activity. And so you know, from developing a team, it's like we you know we really want to try to identify people that one have the same passion for helping small businesses that we do, but two. That have that ability a little bit to switch back and forth between kind of the creative side and the analytical side, you know. And yeah. I think that's what makes uh, my uh, business partner uh, Scott. He's has you know more experience than I do, but in business operations for those like you know Fortune one hundred, you know, so, you know, managing teams of hundreds of people. Yeah, you know, on the on the operations side, and so I think that's what makes us a really good. A really good team is because he's more of that analytical operational side and then telling me no all the time for things that I want to do that are crazy, you know. You know? So, <laughs> um, so I think that's worked out really well for us, um, um, because you know it's it kind of plays to each of our strengths, you know, that way,
0: yeah, absolutely. That's good to hear that there's a healthy balance with that. What year did you or what what year did you build your team or begin to build your team? Because I hear often a lot agency owners speak about finally getting Mm. to a point where they're allowed to trust another person with pieces of their, you know, of the things Mm. that they operate and do every day.
1: Uh, I mean, it was probably, I guess, after we after we partnered and rebranded. I mean, we started we started bringing other people in, um, you know, on a project basis within a year or so, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, so some of those people then ended up, you know, working on project, you know, multiple projects or subsequent, mm-hmm. you know, projects and things and. And, you know, there's a little, there's a little bit of hit and miss, uh, during that process when you first start it, but, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're both pretty good kind of judges of, you know, as, uh, uh, personalities and things like that. And so, you know, we, we tend to, we tended to figure it out pretty quickly, um, but once we noticed that we were kind of using the same people over and over and over again on a contract basis, then, mm-hmm. you know, you start to develop that relationship and things and kind of get in sync a little bit more on, you know, as far as working through projects and then it makes it a little bit easier to to bring those people on and, you know, and add them to a team as as you move forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, understandable. Thank you for expanding. You know, just to kind of transition to our ending questions. What would you currently say you're most proud of right now on your journey as an agency owner, and also in just life in general?
1: Well, the most thing I'm most the thing I'm most proud of is uh, from a business standpoint is still being in business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's been kind of a crazy ride, like. You know, particularly the last two or three years, you know, um, I think everybody, everyone got a, a pretty rude wake up call and, and had to figure out real quickly, you know, how to, how to make it through the, the pandemic. Um, and, uh. You know so just just still being around is like a big accomplishment in my in my book you know yeah like actually having a business that's been open for 13 years mm. you know um so that that's what I take the most pride in um but also the the you know the people that we've been able to meet the the clients that we've been fortunate enough to work with you know uh most of them become friends even if we even if we're not continuing in what we're doing for them as a client, uh, they become friends and, and um, you know, that's where a lot of those referrals, you know, come from. I think a big mistake that people make is, you know, once they're done working with somebody, they just kind of like push them to the back of the back of their mind and they don't really, you know, they don't really think about, actually keeping that relationship going and nurturing that relationship because you never know, you know, what other things are going to come from that. Yeah. And um, I mean, personally, uh, you know, I've got, I've got a great family. Uh, I've got, uh, my, my wife is awesome. Uh, Just had our 22nd anniversary and I've got a, a 19 year old son. That's a Eagle Scout and going to college now. And, so you know it's just you know the, those things that uh you know that that supply the uh energy and the uh motivation you know to to keep pushing things on on the business side so um you know that's that's really it you know pretty the the simpler the simpler my life can be the better <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'm, I'm involved with, uh, you know, I said, my son was a scout. I've been involved in, in scouting in our local community since, since he started scouting and and I'm still pretty involved now. And, um, and then I'm a Rotarian as well. Uh, just had my eighth year anniversary of being in Rotary and and one of our local clubs here and, you know, and, and, uh, serving in several positions, you know, within that. So, you know, the other big part of, of what I do is, you know, as much community service as I can as well. And, you know, in supporting those types of organizations. So, you know, it's uh, one of the things that's really encouraging about some of the younger generation is that uh, most of of them are community service oriented as well. And I think that's, uh, you know, it's vitally important, especially in today's uh, you know, environment of, you know, everything that's going on. Um, I think it's really important for people to just to, you know, go out and volunteer for a few hours a month, you know, somewhere in your local community, you know, something that you're interested in, you know, uh, not only does it benefit those that you're serving, but it's really benefits yourself mentally and emotionally and can be spiritually as well, depending on what you're doing. And so, yeah, I don't think people realize the benefit, the personal benefit, you know, that that you get out of doing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being thorough. You know, on the flip side of this question, what would you say is your biggest rock to move on your journey to seven figures?
1: Well, uh, you know, we're, you know, as I explained before, we're always trying to, you know, attract, you know, better and better clients from a business standpoint, as far as, you know, um, the amount of budget that, you know, people should be spending based on their revenue, uh, you know, for marketing and specifically for the video piece of that. So, you know, we're, we're always working on, uh, working on strategies to get in front of the right person as some of those, you know, particular, you know, uh, companies that we've targeted that we would really like to work for. So we're, you know, we're always working on that. Um, and just getting, you know, getting better at, you know, delivering even better service, delivering ever even better quality and, you know, and, and more value, you know, with, with what we're doing and constantly getting better on, on a day-to-day basis, you know, is, is something that we're working on constantly. But, um, I would, you know, it's as with a lot of people, um, you know, that are in that small to mid-sized business range. You know, it's it's not, you know, more revenue is great, but more revenue doesn't necessarily mean better business, right? Um, And so for us, it's it's continuing to improve the the quality of the clients that we're working with and delivering more value to those clients just to continue continue growing not only on the revenue side but you know really making more of an impact mm. you know with what we're doing so
0: yeah absolutely you know i think being growth oriented is certainly lifelong it's very much important you know, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I would just love to ask if you have any last advice for agency owners or your peers listening to this.
1: Oh man, just uh, keep showing up every day. Yeah. That's that's really the <laughs> that's really the main thing, right? It's like uh, if you if you're if you're gonna show up and show up and you know and ha- and have the right attitude and uh, yeah. just you know focus on the client, right? You know, a lot of times, particularly business owners that also work in the business, you know, like a lot of us do, you know, sometimes it's easy to kind of let the business side of it kind of get in the way. Yeah. Um, And sometimes we lose focus on, well, you know, what does the client think? What are they going to think about this? Are they, you know, are they going to appreciate this if we go this extra step and make this one additional change of an edit to make it even better even though they might not notice Mm. you know (laughs) yeah you know they they do notice but they may not know that they notice right you know so it's just it's just always you know thinking about the client first and you know and trying to deliver as much value to them
0: Mm. That's so important. Think about the client first. Thank you so much for you know your wisdom and insight on this episode. How can people get in contact with you?
1: Uh, we're all over uh any platform you want to get on. So at Sync Lab Media, S Y N C L A B Media. Um, I'm on LinkedIn uh, at at uh Mark Niece. Uh, actually, I think it's just at Niece actually, but you know, just look me up, Mark Niece on um, and just reach out and get in touch. I mean, you know, all of our information's out there. The website is, uh, SyncLabMedia.com, Um, and all of our links and contact info and everything is there as well.
0: Yay. Thank you so much for your time today and yeah. Have a great rest of your day.
1: All right. Thank you too for the opportunity. Nice meeting you. Of
0: course.